0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to the discovery of illumination. Provocative though we may become, it is all in an earnest, open-minded attempt at becoming enlightened. This is an hour focused on the real philosophy behind the meaning of our values and existence and how we derive the assumptions we live by It is an hour where we admit that our foregone conclusions could all be wrong and in that way truly open ourselves up to the possibility of a new kind of understanding that in some way, somehow, may indeed lead to that elusive state known as enlightenment. Okay, Ravinder, say hello to everyone out there.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: All right. Every week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying homage to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and make it even better in every way. Kay wrote, quote, <clears throat> I am halfway through. What does that mean? I love it. Thank you. I have come to the conclusion that the more I learn and experience, I am left with more questions than answers. I believe, Kay, that this this is the process. Unfortunately, altogether too many people think there is some simple pat answer to everything, including the deepest mysteries of life. Indeed, my newsletter this week is all about that, answers, how we come to expect answers, how we're actually trained. In school, if you think about it, if we don't have the right answer, we don't pass. So if there's a question, we expect there is an answer. Well, real life doesn't work that way. Uh, Like I say, unfortunately, altogether too many people think that it does. That said, asking the difficult question is the only process available in our search for understanding. That is, if human intelligence is indeed a gift and not some God-given plague. Now, Diane wrote, I recently read What Does That Mean?, and wanted to tell you that what you've written has helped me to get rid of childhood religious guilt. You know the kind, I better do such and such, just in case Jesus returns, while living in a spiritual life rather than religious. It was the last little bit of nagging that wouldn't go away, but your words helped me tremendously. I feel as if I breathe more easily. Thank you for your wisdom so nicely shared." Well thank you very much, Diane, for your feedback. For those of you that have not yet obtained a copy of my new book, what does that mean? Click on the picture of the book at eldentaylor.com for more information. That's it for our letters, but I do invite you to opine by leaving comments on my website or by joining me on Facebook. I do read all of your letters, and they do impact our show, and I appreciate them. Thank you very much. All right, let's get to today's show as we talk about my passion, my work, inner talk. You can join us by calling toll-free at 1-866-254-1579. And international callers can dial their country code, then 760-918-4300. All right, Ravinder, you have some questions to start off today's show, so where do you want to begin?
1: I do, I do. I am very excited about today. We. I am constantly being asked, why doesn't Eldon talk about his own stuff, his own work and the inner talk Programs. So now I get the opportunity to take all the questions that have come in and throw them at you. Oh, cool. (laughs) Let's see how you do. Just to give. Let's
0: see how I do. All right.
1: (laughs) Well, I get, you know, I handle customer service quite a lot. So I get these questions over the phone pretty constantly. So that's why I say, let's see how you do. Just to give everyone a a
0: pass, fail, when we're all said and done.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you're good, you get a candy bar
0: i can't <laughs> since i don't eat candy i mean uh then I can have it. but i could pass it on to you is that the idea <laughs> I like chocolate. all right
1: okay how did you get into this field in the first place um i understand that the first subliminal programs you created were not for self-help purposes at all can you tell our audience about this
0: you know you know yeah i have to go back i mean The way I got into the field that I, well, let me just say it this way. You know, look, 30 years ago, there is no way in the world I would have ever, in your wildest dream, saw myself to be where I am today, doing what I am to do, what I am doing. I uh, was practicing uh, criminalistics, uh, carrying a gun, running lie detection tests. I had a very successful Uh, intelligence, counterintelligence uh, business. I had some really top people like Billy Basher who headed the Nixon Detail in 1978 working for me. Uh, I thought I had the world by the tail. Uh, Making, you know, for the time, quite a bit of money. Uh, I had a, a, a stallion station and a racing stable that was my hobby. and Fancy new cars, you know, it was faster horses, uh, younger women and you know, older whiskey. And, uh, I look back on those days today and I realized that with all of that accoutrement, if you will, um, none of it filled me. I, I was a very empty, very shallow person who was also very angry, uh, very hateful and in a lot of pain. Uh, But not failing to recognize all that about myself, uh, I continued the pursuit, if you will, of the things of the world. Now, given that, uh, I heard that there was a study that had been carried out at LAPD's uh, Cadet Academy uh, that was designed for the uh, Los Angeles Olympics. It was a a scenario whereby uh, if there were a terrorist abduction... um, The uh, Los Angeles Police Department had uh, obtained or created this subliminal program, and this subliminal program had messages in it that would cause illness, physiological illness, dehydration, vomiting, uh, uh, diarrhea, etc. They had apparently tested it out on their cadets and terminated it early uh, because it was that successful. Well, I heard about this study, and I immediately went to work to attempt to verify uh, the study to find out what it was that they used, et cetera, and so forth. And I was never able to either uh, have it denied and or verify it. But it put me on the path of trying to find out what subliminal information processing was all about and how, how on earth you could hear something that you didn't perceive. You could process information that you were unaware of, and it could have a physiological influence on you. Well, I set out by going to all the different manufacturers that made subliminal tapes, and there were several at the time. And when I called them, you would have thought I was asking for the secret recipe for Coca-Cola. They made scientific claims, but they weren't prepared to give you any evidence of their science other than to refer you to research that had been done by others in universities on all kinds of things, typically visual, subliminal, all kinds of things except what their product was. So I just went out. I bought up all of the uh, programs that I could buy, the different ones on the, on the shelf, and I sent them off to a friend of mine in Los Angeles by the name of Anthony Pelicano. Anthony headed Audio Forensic Laboratories at the time, and and what Audio Forensic Laboratories does uh, is recover recorded information that is masked or buried. So, for example, you have a law enforcement official undercover uh, uh, during a sting. Uh, he he has he's recording the information, and just as the perp says something really incriminating, you know, a garbage truck rolls up or a jackhammer goes off, and it it masks it. His job was to uncover it, to to strip off this sound and re. So if there was any subliminal message, Anthony could get it out for me. So I sent him to him, and I just simply said, "What are they doing, and how are they doing And He caught me on the phone, and he said, oh, "Eldon, there isn't anything on these, you know." Oh, well. Bottom line is I can't find anything. There's no no subliminal message whatsoever. Well, now you know that since then there's been some research done that has demonstrated that to be true also. There were a lot of programs out there uh, that just simply didn't have any subliminal content to them whatsoever, or it was masked in such a way it was non-recoverable. Let me give you an example of that before we go on. I once had... A manufacturer, a major manufacturer, contact me because the state of Texas had, had named them, implicated them in making some false claims. So they wanted evidence of the claims. And uh, this company asked me for some evidence having to do with uh, subliminal information processing. And I was very happy to put that together for them. But before I did, I asked them for... Uh, the method that they used in order to create these subliminal programs. And what I received was a sworn affidavit from the audio engineer telling me that he masked at 40 dB beneath the primary carrier. Okay, now, so you understand what that means. Your primary carrier is your outer sound. It's the sound you listen to, the ocean or the music. Masking 40 dB below that, you may be able to see on digital equipment. But you're not going to get it out. Your average ghetto bastards' theoretical limit is 30 dB. You turn the volume up no. all the way, you know. So it, it was very. It's like taking the violinist out of the symphony hall in New York and putting him in Beijing and having <laughs> him start play at the same time. We're not going to appreciate that violinist. Well, to make a long story short, what I wanted to do was find out how to do this so that I could use it in a lie detection scenario to eliminate inconclusives. 20-25% of lie detection tests are inconclusive. That is, you have an honest person come in and there's so much situational stress, they're so afraid that you're going to call them deceptive, that it clouds the results of the examination and you don't have the kind of separation between relevant and irrelevant Uh, kind of questions that you have to have in order to make a hard decision and in other instances you have a deceptive person who practices countermeasures and they either go undetected or even if they're detected uh, they're the kind that you're not really able to control they fidget they move and despite repeated warnings they continue that during the examination so what i wanted to do is eliminate inconclusives. Well, if you could dehydrate cadets, and I could figure out how to do this, goodness, I could get the honest person so relaxed that they just breeze through, and the dishonest, they would, you know, really slam, if you will, uh, our dials, all right? So, uh, that was the idea. To make a long story short, I ended up having to create a technology that today we call InterTalk, and it's a kind of dichotic masking a lot of critics call it unsubliminal because it's not masked like much of these other things. It's a simultaneous delivery of different affirmation sets, uh, different methods on, on different channels. But we tested it in that lie detection scenario, and it, it, it worked very, very well. And in fact, it worked so well, we were getting confessions so quickly that there was a part of me wanting to say, Whoa, hold it. I get paid by the hour. <laughs> so... <clears throat> A friend of mine at the Utah State Prison asked me, he said, Eldon, if this is so effective in that context, could it be used in the prison for rehabilitation? And we went out to the prison system, and we ran the first double-blind study of kind, good, tight, double-blind study. I got Dr. Charles McCusker, who was a state stat man involved, and we used the latest instrumentation, the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. And we got really cool, you know, we went out there and got an incarcerated lens to interpret it, called the Fowler Lens. And all this data that we got back didn't tell us anything new, uh, anything we didn't know. But I had a life-changing event when I was there, because when we sat and visited with these people, I learned something that changed my life. But we also employed the technology, and the technology was successful. That is, it lowered hostility and aggression, evidence that it uh, interrupted the recivity rate. It was so successful that the prison system cloned it out, and they they ran it. When I say that, they put it in all of their facilities from youth offenders right on through MAX and other prison systems have since copied it. And, you know, when we come back from the break, if you, you want to know what I learned, what changed my life, what... <laughs> you know uh
1: what made you brought me where i I am here (laughs) to know what was this event that changed your life and made you the man that you are
0: well the man (laughs) i don't know about (laughs) what changed my life was this when i sat and visited with the inmates i I got the common story Ah, but for the grace of god there go you in other words you know, the world acted on me. I heard this kind of thing over and over. You know, my daddy was an alcoholic. My mommy was a prostitute. The neighbor boy mainlined me when I was twelve years old. What would you do? Now, most of the time, the stories were exaggerated. But even when they were true, we could have we could have two brothers: one who was a teaching uh, physician at a university hospital, and the other who was in. Uh, the prison system for some heinous deed. In other words, they came from the same environment. They made different choices. And I wanted to understand what the difference was in these choices. And I'll tell you, this is where the change came. When I realized that it was the function of blame that made impossible for them to live with themselves over what they had done. that made it acceptable. It it Mm -hmm. justified their behavior. It was this function of blame. This was done to me. He did this to me first. Something you hear, you know, when your kid's on the school ground. Why did you do that, Tommy? Well, because Joe did this to me first. It wasn't my fault. You hear it between (laughs) siblings all the time. But when you're in a prison system and you're listening to inmates, and you understand that the recivity rate is such that we're probably warehousing them, teaching them to become better criminals so that we can put them back out on the street. And and their function, their understanding is it's not their fault. It, it was done to them. This function of blame creates the recidivism. So what <clears throat> what I wanted to do was undo that. Now, this is 30 years ago nearly. And at the time, we decided that the best way to do that was something that today we call the forgiveness set. There's three affirmations. I forgive myself, I forgive all others, I am forgiven. Those those three affirmations undo your ability to blame. If you can't blame, then you're responsible. You see, that's very important.
1: If as long as
0: it's not my fault, as long as you made me do it, as long as Tommy did it to me, then you're not responsible.
1: And there's nothing you can do about it either. That's right. The
0: best way to be tied up in the world is to blame someone for anything. You know? So the fact of the matter is we had to undo that. Now, there was some resistance to the idea of using forgiveness in this application at that time. But it was very successful. We used some other affirmations designed to build self-esteem, etc. We put them together in this dichotic mass technology that today we call inner talk. And as I said, it was successful. But here's what I learned. I learned that I was going through life blaming lots of people, too. The difference between me and the inmate was I had found, in Freud's words, a socially acceptable way to act out my anger. I, You know, I have flashback of, of cuffing uh, a, a young man and hurting him with the cuffs on purpose because it made me feel good. And you see, there's not, there's not a lot of difference between that and the act of criminality except within the scope, the content by which we define it. As soon as I could see that I was angry, that I was blaming, that I was putting a lot of guilt out there towards a lot of people, that that I was the perpetuator of it's not my fault, I'm doing okay despite what you did, etc., I had a, a, a significant uncovering, if you will. And that led me to wanting to change everything that i was doing in my life Um,
1: and you certainly have because you're not that person at all today
0: well i hope so I, I i hope indeed that is true but you know i went out and, and i want to share this with everybody in our audience i went out and i lectured about this for a long time and and we we took this program we called it forgiving and letting go and i put it into a lot of other applications uh i've used it with olympic uh, elite olympic athletes as you know our barcelona judo team uh Uh, among others i've used it with fortune 500 executive i've used it the hospice centers in in every single modality there is an empowering that comes from letting go of this notion of of blame letting go of this uh, this idea that uh you know it's nothing i could do about it and taking the responsibility and forgiving and letting go and and i would go out and i was lecturing on this and a lot of lectures and it was our number one selling program uh, everybody wanted this program because i was always talking about it and then one day it occurred to me you know if this is so important if you truly believe this, you should make it available to everyone free. I mean, you know, if your life is now dedicated to a better world, one person at a time, you know, then what the is the stuff that you're charging people for that? And so to this day, as you know, and, and I remember the people that weren't real happy when I decided to give this away. Yeah, and I believe you were one. It's
1: me. I confess. <laughs> but in, in my defense, there are lots of programs that you like to give away free and i have to say hey
0: (laughs) well you know we do have to pay bills but nevertheless (laughs) the the point i'm going to is this program is absolutely free our listening audience can get to it and a number of other programs that i want you to just have and these are the full-blown programs by going to my website ellen click on uh, the left-hand navigation where it says free programs and follow that link and and you will find a number of programs designed just to help you know uh, life be a little easier. They range from stress and forgiving and letting go to victims of abuse and and a number of other. They're just uh, they're there. They're yours, uh, and I and I truly hope that uh, you find them beneficial. Shall we take a phone call, or have you got you got?
1: I've got questions. I've got a really interesting question. Rosie, I think it was, was asking about affirmations. What? do you think about affirmations? I assume she's talking about the difference between audible affirmations that you say to yourself and subliminal affirmations. So where does one have the advantage over the other? Well,
0: you know, there are lots of tools uh, that are self-empowerment tools and affirmations, the use of positive affirmations is a good tool. Uh, the, The problem, the handicap that comes in with using affirmations is in understanding how our defense strategies and mechanisms operate. We, uh, for all intent and purposes, for a defense mechanism to operate, it must not be. Con- we must not consciously become aware of it. If we do, then it fails to serve its purpose. <clears throat> when we when we say things to ourselves, and I often use this scenario. You know, uh, in I don't know how many seminars that I've given now, or how many tens of thousands of people, I will ask, how many of you want to make a million dollars this year? Everybody raises their hand, you know? So then I say to them, okay, now in order for you to make a million dollars, you must truly believe that you can make a million dollars. That makes sense. So I want you to say to yourself slowly and seriously, this year I'm going to earn a million dollars. I'm going to make a million dollars. Say that to yourself sincerely. It takes just a couple of seconds, and you start seeing some smiles, and you get a little laughter because there is this talk back. The talk back that says, yeah, sure, what are you going to do, rob a bank? It happens when people just say to themselves, I am good. They get, yeah, you know, good at what? Do you remember when?
1: Or oh, I can't be good. I hit my dog. I kick the cat. <laughs>
0: yes, you know, all of that. The disadvantage to affirmations that we, we do from the outside in is the same thing that happens when someone says to us, gee, you look good. Maybe you say, what, didn't I look good yesterday? You have this inner process, this inner talk that is a true reflection on your belief. Now, you can massage it, and in time, you may be able to overcome it. But what we learned about implanting the information from the inside out, using this inner talk technology that that I'm discussing with you, is that it becomes your thought. So this this statement that is, I am positive, I love life, life is wonderful, living is a miracle, I enjoy every moment, becomes how I talk to myself. It enters from the inside, And, and when it comes from the inside out, I rely on it much more than when I'm trying to get it from the outside in. And that's the real advantage, and that's why it works so well and it's been so positive. In fact, there are just some super fantastic stories about how well it works. And I know you can tell many of them. But, you know, I'm going to tell one of my very favorites. Okay. There's a fellow that came into my office. Actually, I should tell the one about the woman that was cured of cancer, but I won't. There's a fellow <laughs> came into my office, and uh, he 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 was all upset, you know. says, you know, I'm here, and I don't want my money back. But I do want, I do want something because there was no statement that came with this program. What was the program? And, and Roy Bay, my partner, that helped me, you know, create the business, and I are sitting there, and he said, "You know, what's the problem, sir?" Well, I got this stop nail biting tape. These were the days of tapes, and nobody told me I was going to have to buy a pair of nail clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, one of those one of those warm ones that I have. There have been also some really amazing stories. Uh, that have been health issues. You know, there was Vic Waddell, uh, the story that I tell in Subliminal Learning, uh, a young man who, for all intent and purposes, is uh, I mean, he's dying. And uh, they have him on a fast track there. And, uh, you know, he's suffering from multiple conditions that have taken away his ambulatory skill. His, the pictures of this are all in my book, Subliminal Learning. Uh and we did an interdiction, and I got a picture of this boy two years later at the age of 16 holding his driver's license up in front of his his new car. And You know, it, when you're able to do, you know, work in an area like that where his mind has a tremendous influence over the body. And uh, so there have been some great stories. Tell me one of your stories.
1: One of my stories, you know, I get lots of these. I talk to customers on the phone. Um, I've, I've become pretty comfortable, you know, with the positive stories you get from, um, high self-esteem or freedom from fears, you know, those kinds of feeling ones, the ones that amaze me have to do with the prosperity. Do you know how many people have told me now, unfortunately, I don't think it's everybody, but the number of people that have told me I worked with a prosperity program and I got given a vacation. I worked with a prosperity program, and I found extra money in my bank account. It just comes out of nowhere. I had someone say that he worked with a prosperity program, and he picked up a ticket in the street, and it was a winning number for a lottery. That kind of stuff happens a lot. And I have to confess, every time I hear those stories, I think, I should play that program. But when it comes down to it, um, my true focus is different to that. So when it really comes down to it, the reason I don't play the prosperity program is that I'm too busy working on the spirituality programs, and I have numerous stories of my own regarding those, you know, some of the stories I've had or the experiences that I've had. I remember using your astral projection program. You were out of town at the time. I'm not sure if you remember this, but I played it all night long as I was sleeping, and I had a dream. Okay, And it was just a cute dream. But I go flying and I go into your window, your your hotel room window. And I see you. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit, making sure you're on your own. But I see (laughs) you. I see you and I see the room. And when you came back into town, I told you about it and I described the room to you. And you told me I I was spot on. So I think, you know, some of that is cool. And, of course, I have my own health issues as well. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, told that I would be on medication for the rest of my life. I was in trouble. That was really scary right after Bill was born. Um, But I used the Accelerated Healing Program every night for 15 months, explored some other alternatives, but I can say today I have been totally free of pills for how long has it been there, 10 years?
0: Yeah. uh, 10 years, and the
1: doctor said, That was it. There was not a cure for it. Well, you proved them wrong, didn't you?
0: Uh, Well, I don't know if I did. You did, because the power is always within you, Uh, you know, the the individual. I I have a lot of my own stories. Let's take a phone call here. Uh, On line one, we have Marina, who has been very, very patient out of Toronto, Ontario. Marina, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment.
2: Thank you very much. I'm a patient with my two- and my five-year-old beside me, actually. (laughs) Um, Oh,
0: you do. How wonderful.
2: Thank you. Um, I've had some amazing readings from some other hosts before regarding my career, and I definitely have the belief that the right job is on its way for me. However, subconsciously, I know I still have a lot of negative beliefs about my perception on success and money. Um, I guess I think that you have to be highly educated, and have money. I've had a, a strug- few struggles the last few years, and um, I think that maybe I'm limiting myself with my beliefs, basically, about that. Well, And if, I if feel like are. if I do affirmations and positive thinking, that it's kind of phony to me, so I just want to, to be very authentic, because in reality I know that none of that's true, but I think subconsciously I have such deep beliefs about it that
0: it's hard to break through for me all right well hey first of all if you do hold those beliefs that uh you know you have to have the money and you have to have the super education da 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 da, uh then for all intent and purposes uh you are dealing with some self-destructive thought you know you can get out in the world and you can look around and whether you're looking at the bill gates's uh, of the world or the Albert Einstein's who flunked math, you can see very quickly that the criteria you're putting against yourself does not apply right. to the most successful people in all areas. So you already recognize that. Now, Absolutely. sounds to me like you're a bit of an empirical person, a scientifically oriented person, and you get two scientists here. We're both scientifically oriented. Uh, ravinder's degree is in microbiology she worked in a path lab and to her science is you know very repeatable Uh, my education uh, my phd is in clinical psychology and uh, and it all comes down to you know what we can argue empirically through the scientific method so with that said let's stop then and let's let's look at this from a scientific standpoint We know from studies, solid studies, that if you imagine, visualize, shooting free throws, basketball Mm -hmm. free throws, that you will statistically do as well as those that practice it. Indeed, there was a study that was done where three groups, one group went home, they shot their free throws and their numbers were recorded, and then one group went home did nothing, one group visualized it every day for fifteen minutes and one group practiced every day for an hour. Okay. Thirty days later, the group that visualized performed as well as the group that it practiced. So the very first thing that I, I want to to state to you is the images, the ideas that you have in your mind, the way you visualize things occurring has a very definite, very real, very measurable, very scientific basis to it. We also know from solid research that this expectation factor, also sometimes called the Pygmalion factor, is very, very real. We have studies where we have taken children that have uh, been diagnosed as uh, having learning impairments, behavioral disordered, and we give them to students, but we or to teachers, but we introduce them to the teacher as being especially gifted. And at the end of the year, we discover that that handicapped child was not only treated as an especially gifted child, but is now performed as that especially gifted child. So our expectations of others, as well as the expectation we have of ourselves, is tremendous influence. Now, all of that said, I'm glad you had some readings. I don't do readings. This is what I, know.
2: I do. That's why I said I'll go another reading okay. well.
0: This is what I do. I like to run studies, and we have run over a dozen tight double-blind studies. And a double-blind study... Uh, The experimenters do not know what they're experimenting with. They have property A, property B, property C. Someone on the back side knows what property A or B is, but doesn't know what group is getting them. Uh, These tight double-blind studies have all been, in my opinion, to demonstrate what we do and how we do it and how we can make it better. In over a dozen tight, double-blind scientific studies, this technology I call Intertalk has been demonstrated effective. and the modalities have been as diverse as, say, attention deficit hyperactive disorder to uh, stress reduction, okay? Uh, Depression to test anxiety. Uh, Now, with that said, I want you to leave uh, the producer. Our producer today is Kyle. I want you to leave your details with him when we conclude this phone call. And I'm going to send you a program, a CD, called Finding Your Perfect Employment that uses this patented proven technology that will help you change the way you're talking to yourself. But you have to agree to call me in 30 days and tell me, you flunked or you
2: passed, okay? <laughs> Absolutely, Me, I all right? will. Is, yes, I will. Is that a deal? Absolutely, thank
0: you. All right, Marina, thanks for calling, and remember to stay on the line, all right? Okay, let's go to Kathleen in Los Angeles. Kathleen, you're on the air. Provocative enlightenment. We just have a couple of minutes. How can we help you today?
2: Well, similar to the last caller, I find myself... Just getting by in life and I feel I have so many gifts to give to the world and I really want to start thriving but yet I'm stuck and I I feel like it's got to be some subconscious patterning the only person I think I blame is myself but um, yeah so any word do you have a wisdom I love your wisdom don't so open to anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> well the first thing I say is stop blaming period it doesn't matter if you're blaming someone else or you're blaming yourself you know I'm gonna have you stop blaming I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Marina today is just you know this is maybe 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 the guest wasn't on the air today so i could do this cuz i love doing this so i'm going to have you stay on the on the line once we've concluded the phone call and i'm going to send you a program actually it's uh, more than one program designed to assist in overcoming these beliefs that are self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotage, if you will, build confidence, build esteem. What is it you would like to be doing most right now that you're not doing?
2: Uh, Writing a book.
0: Writing a book.
2: Getting a book. All right. I'm 99% finished with the editing and just moving forward with the business aspect
0: of it. All right. Now, you're gonna keep the same deal with me right you're gonna you're gonna tell me if I passed or failed in 30 days I will <laughs> all right and then I'm gonna send you a package you stay on the program or stay on the line let Kyle get your uh, your details your mailing address etc all right
2: thank you so much elder
0: oh it's indeed my pleasure And remember this Kathleen there's you, nothing gained out of blaming ourselves for anything at any time it, it, The ability to forgive ourselves is uh, probably the most difficult thing we have to do in life, but it's also the most important. Bless you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. All right. Uh, Ravinder, we are out of time. We have like 30 seconds. I'll give you 10 of them.
1: Give me 10 of them. Well, I think we need to do another show. I've got a ream of questions here. I see them. Customers have asked, so we'll have to plan to do it
0: again sometime in the future. I want to do the the, the miracle show though first. So, yep. all right, we've come to the end of another hour of provocative enlightenment. I hope you'll join us again same time, same place next week. And if you have comments on our show, do let us know. Until next time, remember believing
1: in yourself always matters.